0: Welcome to Trifecta Now, Living a Course in Miracles. This is season four, and it's called The Journey. Episode seven, Love. This is part one. Welcome back, and welcome to The Journey series. This is a continuation of the book's teachings with more added life journeys and experiences to share. I will start the first part of this four-part series on love today. When choosing the topics to discuss, I felt that the understanding and this world's perception of love would be a great topic to explore. Here's why. There are several perceptions that changed my life after I read the book, A Course in Miracles, for the very first time. One of those things was the book's interpretation and teachings on love. i had always associated love with an intense feeling felt for specific people or things. I thought love was something you gave to people and things that were important to you. And it is, but in a much bigger scope and in a totally different way. Our perception of love in this world is very much ego-based. We attach ourselves to bodies and set up special relationships and special loves. We put conditions on love. We think if we find that special love or that special person, then we will know what love truly is. We see love as this amazing emotion that makes everything and other emotions in this world seem worthless and almost meaningless. To love is to be at peace, joyful, and happy. We fall in love and we do not see or even look for faults. We blindly ride that emotion until something or someone brings it crashing down. But is that love? The core says, no, it's not. That is a special relationship, which is only a substitute for love. The book says, and I quote, Love is an is extension. To withhold the smallest gift is not to know love's purpose. Love offers everything forever. Hold back but one belief, one offering, and love is gone. Because you asked a substitute to take its place. End quote that substitute is fear. Fear that something might go wrong or that the other person might hurt us. Fear that this is too good to be true or that love means giving something up. Fear is the opposite of love. If you are in a relationship where fear is present, then love does not live there. And it is an illusion you created. Remember, love offers everything forever That is the part that stuck with me forever. (laughs) True love means you never stop loving and there's no change or degrees in how it feels. People will say that they fell out of love with someone and that ended the relationship. What that means is that they really were never in love with that person. It was an ego emotion of love created to hide the real feeling of fear. It's not love it seems like a difficult thing to accept and even understand. I've had many loves over my lifetime. I understand them now as I never have before. I believe I can honestly say that I love each one of them and I always will. I never thought of it that way when the relationship ended because I thought the ending meant the end of the love. That is where we get it all wrong. That is where the ego manipulates love into something that has conditions and limits. Comparison is an ego thing. Love makes no comparisons. The Course says, and I quote, specialness always makes comparisons. It is established by a lack seen in another and maintained by searching for and keeping clearly in sight all the lacks it can perceive, end quote. What it means is that specialness compares one person to another specialness specialness looks for something that others do not have or perceived as not having then makes that person seem more important or more special than others we do this with family friends and even with our children the course says that you pursue specialness your sorry the course says that when you pursue specialness it is always at the cost of peace also that when you pursue specialness, it'll always bring you pain. That pain will come from loss. Loss due to passing or that person moving on without you. Specialness is you believing that one or more persons are more important than everyone else. (laughs) How can that be? If we are all connected and share a collective oneness, then how can anyone be more special than anyone else? How can we love one person more than any other? We can do this if we are attached to bodies and see that or those people as a body in this world. Then we set ourselves up for pain, no matter the outcome. We give death meaning and power over us. This is how we do not understand the meaning of true love. This is where we have lost our way. What could the purpose of the body be specialness. It is this that makes it seem frail and helpless, vulnerable to attack pain and misery. But it is the mind that decides what the body feels and does. Of itself, the body cannot do anything. See it as a means to hurt, and it'll hurt. See it as a means to heal, and it will heal. The mind decides what the body does, not the other way around. Love, by its very definition, is extension this means that when we extend to others love with no conditions no limits and no specialness attached to it we are to give it we are giving it away to let it be part of who we are and what we represent in this world love has no special relationships and feels for everyone equally This is so hard for mothers and fathers to grasp, to say that if they put their children above others when it comes to love, then that's not love. Well, according to the Course, it isn't. It's specialness. It is the very definition of a special relationship which exists for the purpose of the ego. I'm not saying that we do not love our children i am saying that we have set ourselves up for pain when we think and believe that our special relationships with our children is love we need to shift our perception from a special relationship to a holy relationship i think we should use the word holy w h o l l y here a whole relationship is one that accepts and understands that we are all part of one and, and we, so we are all one and part of any eternal existence, that our children, like ourselves, are on a journey of discovery, and will be better off not being a part of the special relationship, but one with a holy relationship. A holy relationship starts from a different perspective. Each one of us looks within and sees no lack, sees nothing missing. We accept ourselves inside and out as part of a bigger whole, a oneness. By accepting our wholeness, we would extend that to another whole person. We then see no differences between ourselves. Differences are only of the bodies. Therefore, there is nothing we would want to take from another person. Think about what this could do. Here is a belief in no differences. The shift moves to sameness. Here is where eternity lives. No one dies and no one hurts. No one's lonely and no one is not loved. Each relationship is what it is and not what we want it to be. People are accepted for who they are and not who we want them to be. We let it all be what it is and extend our love no matter what is happening or who is involved no judgments, and no exceptions. <laughs> I know it seems almost impossible to consider, but all it takes is each one of us making the shift from specialness to wholeness, to forgiving everyone and letting go of the past. <laughs> yes, forgiveness is a big part of this as well. One of the biggest strongholds on our egos is our unwillingness to let go of the past and and forgive. Our determination to hold grudges, hurt, and anger against others is what holds us back. These two are special relationships. No, not built on the false perception of love, but built on the false perception that this world and the past is real and worth all those negative emotions. Buddha put it in the perfect perspective when he said this about anger, and I quote, Holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die, end quote. Anger only hurts us. It rarely hurts the other person. We're the ones letting the negative negativity eat away at us. The other person is likely not concerned or oblivious to it. True love is understood and felt when we remind ourselves that we have two parts of us we listen to, ego and spirit. The ego has us convinced that this world is it, nothing more, nothing less, that it controls us and decides how we feel and establishes the special relationships in our lives. Our spirit knows that this is much bigger than it appears, that there is much, much more. Our spirit understands the wholeness and has the ability to, ability to accept everyone and as part of that wholeness. Holy relationships built on acceptance and understanding only nurtures and teaches us about true love and its oneness. Think of the burden it would lift from all of us, to see one another as the same and without judgment. What would bother us? What would make us sad, lonely, or feel separate? I can't think of anything, because nothing could we would have moved past it and started to enjoy this moment and everyone in it with us. The book simply teaches that love is in us, around us, and radiates from us. It is a spirit connection to one another, a link or an invisible root. That root is connected to each one of us. That connection requires nothing more than an acknowledgement that it is, exists. If you believe it is there, it's there. I opened my mind and spirit to this teaching and in turn, I got the gift of love. I can accept things as they are and people as who they are. I've lifted the burden of judgment and opened my energy up to radiating love to everyone around me. I have struggled with the special relationship part, especially when it comes to my children, I cannot truthfully say I have completely nailed that down. (laughs) This world perception and endorsement of parental love is huge, and it attaches so many conditions and judgments to it. Let me be clear that the book never states that parental love is wrong. It just puts it in the perspective of a special relationship. I spend a lot of time meditating and continue to spend a lot of time meditating on the acceptance and letting go of the special relationship. In its concept and understanding, I get it 100%. I love it 100%. It makes sense in every way. In practice, though, let me just say I am a work in progress. Well, thank you for listening. In two weeks' time, On Sunday, December 13th, I will upload Episode 8, Love, Part 2. This will be the first of three interviews. As I said in my last podcast, I was interviewing three different people, a man, a woman, and a child. The first interview, I will interview a five-year-old girl named Alexis. She just happens to be my granddaughter. I will ask her some questions about love, For the most part, they will be the same as the other questions that I asked the other two. But a five year old needs a little bit more prompting and clarification at times. We will listen to her perspective and perceptions on love. I think it'll be a nice reminder of how we came to first view love when we were children. Remember, this is our journey. Let us together keep finding our way. Live in this moment. It's the only one that matters. Love always, Denise.